0: Hi, my name is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome. Welcome to this podcast where we determine to do everything we can to encourage you, the woman, a wife, mother, and homemaker. One of the most important things that we have discovered a woman has in her life are friendships. Friendships. We start very early with little girl friendships. And sometimes by the time you're eight or nine, they can already be kind of sticky. You don't like me and I don't like you and you can't play with me and I'm never gonna see you again kind of things. And friendships are complicated and they're complicated from the beginning until the end. They, they truly are. And I am here today to talk to you a little bit about friendship, but not too too much. And I knew I wouldn't make it through this because I was looking at some things that are special to me. Remember, I'm in the process of a very long move. (laughs) Nobody takes as long to move as the autos have during the pandemic. We moved out of our house now six months ago, and we still are not unpacked. And I found this quote, I always laugh when I am with you. And right next to it was my friend Sandy's name. My friend Sandy. (laughs) And I had just come from being with her on an exceptionally um, difficult visit um, because of the pandemic and because she's no longer capable of making her own decisions and choices and she's living with her daughter and her daughter made a special effort for me to come and mask up and and be together and um it was it's it's always sad for me and yet there in the midst of all these difficulties and transitions and of course she doesn't look at all like she used to look I don't know, whatever was said, it didn't matter. But she quipped back, and I laughed out loud, and then she laughed, and then I laughed. And we just kept laughing, like I kept making her laugh, and she kept making me laugh. And it was just a few days later when I read this quote from her, I always laugh when I'm with you. And I thought it was true. We We had this remarkable relationship that at the heart of it, there was, I don't know, we used to call them cheap (laughs) shots. And and she was the queen of cheap shots. I mean like below the belt. Like you, you would never get away with that unless you were doing it in Sandy Lane style and it would make you guffaw. And even if it was offensive, you know, she could say something about what I had on and I would be offended at what I looked like. Are you really going out in that or something like that? And, and then there would be this merriment. We would just laugh until, until it never really, ever, I don't ever remember her saying anything that offended me. So I was thinking about this time between um, series, just finishing the Home is Holy Ground series, and thinking about who you are as a woman, and wondering what these days are like between having about nine hats to wear all at one time, managing your children's education, working from home, taking care of home, cooking three meals a day, or having enough food for people to cook three meals of their own, keeping the house clean when there are people there 24-7. I mean, I used to tell my husband on the house cleaning day, okay, okay, today I cleaned the house. You know what he would always know? There were certain rooms I couldn't, he couldn't walk in. Like, just leave the carpet for a few hours without footsteps in it. Yeah, that's neurotic. But there was, you wanted, or the day I cleaned out the refrigerator. Like, when you put something back in the refrigerator, put it back where you got it from. There were just these, you know, when it's clean. And and you don't have that option. Four people are living in your house 24-7. Six people are there. People are coming and going all the time. And people who are not responsible for keeping you clean. And then maybe you're trying to get teenagers who haven't done very much to do more to help you. A lot of things going on right now. And there's probably not a lot of time for friendship care. And perhaps there's a lot of missing of your friends. So I thought it might be a great chance to talk about friendships. Augustine said, camaraderie and friendships can be distorted if they are not attached to a higher calling. And I... That's one of those friendship quotes that I fall back on because I've had friendship difficulties, haven't you? I've had someone who liked me more than I liked them. I've had someone I liked more than they liked me. I've had people... women who I thought were one way, they turned out to be another way. I've had jealous friends. I've been a jealous friend. I I don't think there's anything in my age and life that I haven't had in a friendship, including some very important covenant friendships, lifelong friendships, people who have known me all my life. I have a friend who has two residents one in the Midwest and one in Florida. I have known her since I was in the second grade. That makes me, when I was seven years old and she was seven years old, second grade. And we keep in touch. We see each other at least once a year, although I don't know what this year is going to look like. We talk on the phone every couple of months for usually an hour. I know what's going on with her kids and her grandchildren, her husband and her house and her life. And she does the same with me. So I know what it is to have friendships that are deep and lasting. And I know what it means to me. Now we have a lot of auto mottos around here. We don't talk about auto mottos very often these days, but one of our auto mottos is regarding friendship. You are who you hang out with. You are who you hang out with. So I don't know who you're hanging out with, but I want you to know that I want to give you three ideas about friendship. They are not new ideas to the ministry of modern homemakers. They're not new ideas to myself. And maybe you've heard me speak about some of them yourself, but let me remind you of what you already know. And the first one is found in 1 Corinthians fifteen, thirty-three, and I'm going to th- read three passages of scripture to you, and then I'm going to talk about these three concepts. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, and it says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. I, I, I'm always astounded, as especially as a young woman, I was always astounded. There wasn't any subject that God didn't cover. And here he is reminding me that who I hang out with matters because I am who I hang out with. And if I am in bad company, it will ruin even my best morals. And then there's a passage in the New Testament in 2 Timothy, which has been a very particular favorite to me, because I remember being asked the question, how is it, what about friendships? How do they come to be? And I began to look at what the scripture said about relationships. It certainly speaks that we are to have them, and it gives definitions to all kinds of relationships, mother, children, marriage, all kinds of relationships, elders in the church, teachers to students. There, It's everywhere. And here was, in the second, Timi- second Timothy, Paul, at the very end of his life, and he was pretty candid most of his life. I mean, this is Paul, formerly Saul, who was killing a lot of the new believers, and now he's a sage, wise, old man, and it's the end, and he's writing this letter to a young son of his heart, Timothy. And he writes these three verses, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 through 18. You are aware that all who are in Asia have turned away from me, including, and now he's getting names of people who've ditched him. And I remember reading that thinking, hey, Paul, doesn't that sound a little like gossip? But then he goes on, the second verse, and he says, may the Lord grant mercy to the household of, and he names this guy, Onesephorus is his name. It would be like my saying, may the Lord grant mercy to the household of Sandy. No matter what happens to Sandy, I want the Lord to bless her household because he, Onesephorus, Sandy, had often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains when he arrived in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. And I thought, oh, here's an old man who is defaming some people who weren't too great, but he's talking about the very concepts of what someone who is deep and relational with you looks like and it is so important to him that he names him and then the last passage is found in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 can you hear me wiggling my pages i could have written them down but i like to wiggle my pages Hebrews 3:13 and this verse says But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So I have three things I want to say to you. One, friendships are a choice. Choose carefully. I'll never forget the first time I said to someone, friendships are a choice. They said, what does that mean? And I said, what that means is that you make a choice. People don't become your friends just because it just happens. You know, it was love at first sight. Well, maybe love at first sight, but it's not necessarily love at second, third, or fifth sight. You don't have to become your little girl's mother's best friend because your little girl and her little girl are best friends. This is not, a, this is not something that just happens. And I want to caution you that if you've been having struggles with relationships, examine for a minute and say to yourself, did I just let that happen and suddenly, oh, we were doing more together and then more together, but it was less good every time we were together. And now I can't tell you how many women have come to me in the course of my years serving women uh, saying, how do I get out of this? how do I end this relationship? We are really thick now. We've been traveling during the summertime together with their families, and I'm not going again. I mean, these things happen, and I want to caution you. Relationships matter deeply to God. The scripture is entirely based on relationships. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's relationship. The communion of the three of them is the model of communion that we are to have with people. They matter. And we choose. Not everyone is allowed inside years ago i I don't know must have had an inspired moment, and I suddenly was talking about this subject to someone, maybe I was even in the platform, and I said, "You know, not everybody gets to my bedroom and and then, in the moments I did it, i just I just said it, you know there are curbside friends and front porch friends and living room friends, kitchen friends. There are very few friends who get to my bedroom now, my husband gets to my bedroom." Our kids get in our bedroom. But how many of your friends come in your bedroom? Even if you're sick, I have two or three friends who we have laid on each other's beds, one at the head, one at the other head, face to face and talk for hours on end. We used to do it weekly. Now, bedroom friends don't just happen. They don't just happen. Choose carefully. Choose carefully. And then what happened here in, in... Timothy is Paul giving us a very clear example of four little things that Onesiphorus did. He refreshed him, he accepted him, he looked for him, and he served him. And, you know, that looks different at different stages in life. Um, The kinds of things that refreshed me when I was a young woman are not quite the same things that refresh me now. But he says he refreshed me. He was not ashamed of my chains. Where was Paul? Paul was in jail. Paul was in jail on the cause of Christ, but he was still in jail. Have you ever had a family member or a friend go to jail? We have. It's embarrassing. You feel so badly for that person. I'll never forget seeing the first person I ever saw this happen to. The, the policeman put his arms in his back and put the handcuffs on him, and I just was apart. I thought, oh no, what is happening to that person? And Paul was in jail and on accepted him, was not ashamed of his chains. And then he says, he, when he arrived in Rome, he eagerly searched for me until he found me. Now, uh, this is really important into the technological culture that we live in. Uh, I've had it. I've got to leave a message with someone and I hope I get the machine, you know? I hope I get the answering machine. Those are the days long before texting. You know why we all like texting so much? Because it's quick and fast and we don't have to be relational. We don't have to listen to someone talk and ask how they are and do all, we just zap it, it's over. Now sometimes it's really easy and important. What time does the plane arrive? Is your plane on time? That's a yes or no. You don't have to pick up the phone and dial and so forth. But here is Ona Sepphoris, who was not ashamed. When he went looking for Paul, who was in a Roman prison, and if you've ever been to Rome where those prisons are, they are in caves underneath, caves deep and dark and not next to each other. It's not like going to a penitentiary, pushing a button and saying, here's the last name, and what block are they on, and what cell are they on, and what row are they on, and what time can they come and visit you? This was different. And he went and he looked and he found him and he searched for him and he served him. And here's Paul at the end of his life. I want to bless that man. I want to not bless that man. I want to bless that man's household. He consistently cared. He consistently cared. Do you consistently care? Are the people who you count in your inner circle... Do you have a lot of casual friends and not too many inner circle friends? Is that because you are um, unable or unwilling to make commitments? There are formal friends and there are informal friends and there are soul friends and you probably can't have more than six or seven intimate, accepting friends who you will sacrifice for and persevere through and ask for forgiveness from and offer forgiveness because we all make ridiculous mistakes with one another. There probably won't be more than five or six of those people in your life. Anne of Green Gables says, I've dreamed of meeting her all my life, a bosom friend, an intimate friend, you know, a really kindred spirit to whom I can confide my inmost soul. We dream of that. Women talk differently to one another than men. We need each other. You can walk into a room and make a, 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 a comment, a comment that sounds like I've miscarried and the whole room understand. A whole room of men, even if they've come through an enormous study of maternities and labor and miscarriage, there just isn't the same understanding. We need our friends, our relationships with other women. And I encourage you to do what Paul um, encouraged, and that was to choose carefully and consistently care. Don't give up on a relationship that has been a strong part of your life, and it got weary because of something that happened. Don't give up because you're not able to see each other as you once did. Don't give up because you can't walk in the mall anymore together. Don't give up because your friend isn't walking as well as she used to be. And I found myself reading this quote of Sandy's. I always laugh when I'm with you. And I found myself asking the question to myself. Am I the kind of woman who's going to give up on her now? That was the first question. And the second question was like Paul. Will I want to bless the house of Sandy. So I'm with you, girls. I'm with you in these questions. I'm with you telling you that choosing matters and you have a choice. Choose carefully. Look for the signs of a person who will be a devoted follower of Christ and friendship to you and those you love. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of giving thanks for your friends.